0: This is Offspring. What is a junk bond? Uh, to me, I would say anything less than AAA is a junk bond. Uh, that's something wrong. That means, I mean, once the moment you say your credit worthiness is not 100%, your ability to repay is not 100%, then you're junk to me. But the market will say hmm. B is investable, it's not junk. Double B is junk. That is the Mm. market definition. But to me, and I think all retail investors should say, anything less than AAA is uh, junk. In fact, I'm saying, don't even buy AAA bonds. It makes no sense.
1: This is that offspin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for Let's Get Rich with Patu. new episode on Let's Get Rich with Two, where we think it will be a complete full episode as normal, but we're also trying to make this episode into shorts because we see the data on YouTube shows that you guys consume shorts way more than our longer episodes. So this is our attempt at asking a wide variety of questions, you know, rapid fire almost at Two, and Two has literally one minute to answer so that we can post them as separate shorts. Patu, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great and I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be new.
1: So here we go. Question number one. two. if I'm broke, what should I do next? What should I focus on? And what steps should I take to get out of this very stifling, suffocating feeling of being broke?
0: I think the first step is to tell yourselves, this is not going to happen again. I'm going to make sure I'm never going to be broke again. I'm okay. I'm broke now. But I'm never going to ever going to be in this position ever again. So and I, that determination is uh, is very important. I've been in a situation like that uh, before. Me too. And uh, that's what I told myself. I'm never going to be able uh, uh be in a position where I have to depend on others, try to borrow money or get into some kind of a dead trap. And then we slowly start by working hard
1: and trying to increase our income and take it one step from there. So that's about what i can so increasing income should be our fo- full focus and perhaps try to reduce all kinds of unnecessary expenses
0: yeah that'll almost au- automatically happen when you become uh, broke but the but the desperation that you feel i think we should tell ourselves never again that is
1: the driving force cool all right end of question 1 question 2 but to why is it that you say so vehemently that mutual funds have no compounding effect?
0: <laughs> this, the mar- capital market does not. Any product that fluctuates does not. So we use compounding formula to understand the growth. That doesn't mean they actually compound. So com- compound interest is interest and then interest upon
1: interest. Which and- is guaranteed
0: which is uh, which is guaranteed when it when it's a fixed income in- instrument where you al- already know prior to investing what the interest rate is going to be but that's not the case in the stock market that if it goes up comes down and if you all if you look at the uh, all these compounding uh, advertisements they show you all how the stock market has moved up but moving up is only one aspect of the stock market it moves down it it moves nowhere Those are also part and parcel of the stock market and there's something called volatility bunching where there is a big uptick is followed by a big downtick and vice versa. So given that there's really no compounding in the the conventional sense in the stock market. We use compound interest formula to analyze and understand growth but that doesn't mean that's what
1: happens. So, we use it in retrospect to understand how it has grown. But Precise. to look at the future, there's only fixed income that can you can calculate Precise. with compounding because, interest.
0: because the journey is unknown. After the journey, we can sit and do hindsight analysis. The hindsight analysis is what this idea these guys are talking about is compounding. That's not true what happens in real life.
1: Question 3. too, can an Indian retail investor buy government bonds that are not Indian government bonds? If they can, which governments can we buy bonds for and how? Uh, Technically, yes. You'll have to approach an international uh,
0: broker, a broker that allows uh, buying and selling of of foreign securities, equity, gold, or or any kind of commodity as well as Could you name a few? Uh, Offhand, I don't know because I've not been looking at that, but there are a couple of them. I don't remember them offhand, but that's where you have to approach. But I'll be very, very cautious with respect to this because... um, one guy once told me days after the ukraine war had broken on he said i want to buy ukrainian bonds now because they have huge interest rate i mean that's silly because uh, the only reason why people want to buy international bonds is chasing after interest and there are many countries that are broke i mean neighbors all around us are broke and their bonds would offer very high rates but that's the last thing we should be buying so i would say retail investors should Never ever chase uh, returns in fixed income space,
1: in any space, but particularly in fixed income space. So it's a no-no for most price. Here's my next question, two. If I buy an Indian government bond, and at the end of that term, and this might be a controversial question, at the end of that term, they do not pay me. What is my recourse as a retail investor?
0: I think if the Indian government does not uh, pay you back, um, that recourse would be the very last thing on your mind. Because that means the economy is gone. The rupee is no longer valid. And there are huge problems. You will be having problems finding your next plate of food and water. So, I think, yeah. So, there are bigger fish uh, fry at that point in time.
1: Basically, Patu is saying a very silly question.
0: It's not. It is. uh, uh, But it's something that, I mean, there are risks you can control. This is something that you, this is beyond you. I mean, so I think I would not lose sleep over it.
1: Next question. A new announcement by SEBI, uh, which was about cutting corporate bonds face value, which has now reduced to 10,000 rupees. How does it affect us as retail investors?
0: Um, It's going to entice more retail investors to buy corporate bonds. But again, what I just told uh, in a previous question, they will start chasing interest rates. They will start chasing after low-graded bonds, which offer higher uh, returns. And that is always a bad thing. I would say, uh, retail investors should not buy corporate bonds directly. They should stick to safe bank FDs or, or um, gilt uh, bonds if they want an income.
1: And also stick to debt mutual funds, which uh, you know buy corporate bonds. And will that be safer? Yes. Uh,
0: the, co- the by definition, the corporate bond is a um, high quality. Uh, credit rating bond fund. So that is a good option at any uh, point in time rather than a corporate bond.
1: Here's my next corollary question. Now that SEBI has reduced face value to 10,000 rupees for uh, corporate bonds, is there any advantage of buying direct bonds at small amounts of money compared to buying a debt mutual fund which invests in corporate bonds?
0: See, uh, the thumb rule is if you are building wealth, don't buy any bond because the bond will pay out the income and you have to pay a tax on that and then you have to reinvest it again. It's a hassle. Uh, buy bonds, safe bonds, if you uh, need an income, if you're taking a break from work or if you're saying, I want to start an, uh, you know a company but I want uh, income for the next 5 years, 10 years until the company picks up, then you buy a bond or naturally after retirement. Otherwise, never buy bonds. In a debt mutual fund, As we discussed earlier, you pay tax only when you redeem and only for the amount you redeem. And therefore, overall, the taxation will be attractive. Although the tax rate is the same, the amount of tax you will pay in a debt mutual fund will always be lower than in an FD or a bond. So, debt funds are always better.
1: But to have debt mutual funds got ratings, just like the underlying bonds are rated, you know, sovereign, AAA, etc.,
0: so these uh, all mutual funds have, have a star rating that is the ratings given by portals based on their risk uh, reward and the portfolio and so on. But the uh, a debt mutual fund holding bonds will have an average credit rating based on the uh, credit rating of the individual bonds it holds and the amount. So it's a weighted average of the credit profile. So that is what it will have. And. That doesn't actually tell you so that's like the uh, the idea about uh, you know a river and a uh, five feet guide uh, you know trying to cross a river which is on average four feet so it's that's a very poor notion the average credit rating of a bond is a poor notion because you don't know how many uh, what are the bonds that, that, that are there what which bonds are actually bad good and so on so you should actually look deep into the portfolio and look at the exposure. Two different types of bonds and not look at the average rating.
1: And so apart from average rating, there's no other way apart from deep diving and seeing the underlying assets to yes. determine the quality of a debt mutual fund.
0: Yeah, the thumb rule is always deep dive into the portfolio of a debt fund. Uh, equity fund, not so much. Don't need to do that so much. But debt fund, definitely, yes. Because it can give you shocks. Suddenly they buy bad bonds. they uh, The uh, debt fund now crashes and you don't... You have no uh,
1: recourse at all. Here's a question that popped up from one of our previous episodes, part two. How do passively managed debt mutual funds work? I can understand how passively managed equity mutual funds work, but how does a passively managed debt mutual fund work? Because the entire concept is to trade in bonds. So there are two types of uh, debt funds,
0: passively managed debt funds. One in which they keep the average maturity. We talked about the average uh, maturity of the bond portfolio they keep that more or less the same. So there will be, as some of the bonds mature, they'll be buying new bonds of the same tenure and so on. So more or less, the average maturity will more or less be the same. That's an open-ended passive debt fund. Of course, there will be an index curator like the NSC or the BSE that offers an index based on uh, the idea that the AMC comes up with. And they will tell you which bond should be there and which bond should not be there. So the Uh fund manager will just follow that. So, uh, that's the passive part of it. They will not do any active management. The, the index curator will tell you what to buy or not. But they will ensure that the average maturity is more or less the same.
1: And this is something they pay a huge premium for. From oh, yeah. the indexes.
0: Oh, yeah. So, the, so when, the, uh, when these N, uh, NSE and BSE curators talk about active versus passive, they also have a kind of uh, conflict of interest because they want the AMCs to purchase factor index indices from them. So the factor indices are in between the active and the passive regime. So uh, they will do the active management, but the AMC will do the passive investing. Right. So there's a conflict of interest, but that's not what we want to do. This is one way of uh, open ended uh, passive debt funds. The other way is what is known as a target maturity fund, where you buy, let's say, five year bonds and you just sit on it. You don't do anything. So trading, no trading. Uh, Unless there is some special circumstance where the bond fails and so on. But typically no trading. In the first year, The uh, we talked about how the NAV volatility will be higher longer than tenure. So in the first year, the, the fluctuations will be more because there's five years left for maturity. In the next year, there'll be four years left. So the fluctuations will come down and then it'll keep coming down. So at the time of maturity, the bonds will all be sold, converted to cash and either given to the investors or they will ask the investors if they, we can continue it as an open-ended fund. So, there are two types of passive debt funds.
1: But if there is no trading, part two, why is there volatility even in the first year?
0: No, the volatility, no, the trading is you don't trade, but the market will trade. Hmm. So, the SEBI mandates that whether you trade or not, your uh, NAV should be marked to the market price.
1: Ah. But to how often do governments or corporates offer new bonds? Is there a thought process behind that? I mean, how many bonds in the corporate world exist, for example? I want to understand on what basis they issue a new bond and how regularly.
0: So this is a very complex idea. Uh, See, uh, somebody issues a bond when they need money. Hmm. And uh, the government does it. The government has no problems about, uh, they can do it at will because they they are more or less in charge of the interest rates directly or indirectly the corporate themselves they will do it depending on the interest rates that that are there the prevalent uh, uh, prevalent interest rates at that time and also their own needs and how uh, financially stable they are so it's a very uh, it's, it's it's it depends on the circumstances of each corporate
1: and does the indian government is there a record of how many uh, bonds that they've issued in the last, say, three years on a on a on a yearly average? Uh the
0: RBI site will have this. Not, uh, I mean, it'll not be an easy to find in the in the manner that you asked. But we'll have to dig into it and look
1: at it. So here's a fun question, Patu. Um, you know, there's this entire world of perhaps people who enjoy investing in companies. Uh, enjoy investing in, you know, junk stocks or penny stocks, as we call them. Is there a similar world for lower rated bonds? Um, and how does a retail investor get into that? I know you'll say, don't get into that. But what is, does this world exist, firstly? Uh, the, uh, the world certainly exists all around the world. Uh, I checked in
0: India. I'm not sure if there's a place that peddles uh, junk bonds Along with other bonds. I'm not sure that it is available as of now. I may be wrong, but that's my understanding. But what do you call a, a I mean, techni- there are, what is a junk bond? Uh, to me, I would say anything less than AAA is a junk bond. Uh, that's something wrong. That means, mean once the moment you say your credit worthiness is not 100%, your ability to repay is not 100%, then you're junk to me. But the market will say, triple uh, B is still investable. Triple mm. B is investable. It's not junk. Double B is junk. That is the mm. market definition. But to me and I think all retail investors should say anything less than AAA A is uh, junk. In fact, I'm saying don't even buy triple A bonds. It makes no sense. I Just buy sovereign. Huh? Yeah, just buy sovereign. You want income buy sovereign. You're, you sleep peacefully. If you want, you buy a debt fund Mm. that buys, they will do the management and the risk becomes much less because there will be spread. When you buy a uh, AA bond or an A bond, you're going to put a sizable chunk of money there. Otherwise, the interest is less. But the debt fund, they will distribute. That's why I keep saying most people disagree with me. Debt funds are wonderful products. Equity funds are not as so special. Debt funds are more special than equity funds if you know how to use them.
1: Here's a counter question then. Who exactly in the world is buying that 27% government bond from the uh, Argentinian government? Uh, like, I seriously want to know. And what are the chances, say from 1-100% to of you getting your money back?
0: See, the <laughs> there's always guys who are chasing after this risk premium. And uh, see, in a government, they at least, they will print more money and kind of make good on their debt. Uh, I I'm not uh, savvy enough to tell you who does it, but I'm sure there are financial institutions who can. They'll take a very small exposure, one percent exposure, two percent. International, uh, you know, pension fund managers can do it because if that one percent defaults, you won't even know. The NPS for the National Pension Scheme has got a portfolio size that can fill an entire forty pages notebook, and it has it has uh, seen defaults.
1: You're saying international government bonds. Forty no, pages worth. of
0: No, no, no. I'm talking about our national pension scheme. But where are they investing? They're investing in. They're not investing in foreign bonds. They're right. investing in. I'm saying it's a huge portfolio. So imagine if an international pension fund manager or a, anybody else from the. But uh, of course, it's the, for them, it's the national pension fund for that uh, that country. They can buy a one percent of Argentinian bonds. If that defaults, it will not even be a, a blimp in the NAV. But right. if it pays out, ah, if it pays out also, it will not be a blimp. It'll be a very small. You're taking only one percent exposure. So they, so the idea is they they take such exposures so that the overall return. They don't expect every country, every government uh, or company to default at the same time. They can, but they don't expect that. So generally, it keeps. That's how they beat the market. They get a little premium above the market. So it's, there's always a buyer for these.
1: So you're saying governments. Around the world, defaulting on their bonds is a uh, is common practice. It happens. And then oh, yeah. the second half of that question is, what will happen if the US defaults?
0: Um, so Russia has defaulted. That's okay. the most recent. Uh, uh, that is before. I mean, it defaulted after the Ukraine war started, but it defaulted even before that. Um, I think many other companies. Um, I think if I'm not sure, England has defaulted. Uh, I think in the seventies, if I'm not wrong, they had, they had to go to the IMF uh, for a you know bailout, just like Pakistan is going. And to does
1: default IMF. mean it's like a write-off?
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. The IMF and the World Bank does these kind of things. They write off debt, and in fact, there are economists who believe debt should be written off from time to time. They'll just forget about it. Okay, you made a mistake. You goofed up. You we goofed
1: up. Let's just you know <laughs> move forward. But
0: That happens. Yeah it happens from
1: time to time and what would happen and what are the chances of the us government defaulting on their bonds
0: um if they take on
1: if there's i mean there are economies who say
0: there's a very strong possibility of that happening if that happens then i would say uh, many of our currencies would become stronger mhm and uh, uh, other com- other countries would become the economy of the other countries would suddenly get a boost if the us defaults it's not as if they are going to you know uh, collapse or anything but it's, if the, the the dollar will weaken significantly then the rupee will gain the other uh, uh, you know currencies will gain so and then the other countries can kind of tell the us what to do and what
1: not to do they because they have been the bullies so far they can no longer be the bullies so there'll be a shift so will there be a situation where the US government has to listen to other governments and will they listen? But that's it on this episode of Let's Get Rich with Patu. These amazing short answers will continue next week. Uh, till then, Pattu, thank you so much and see you next week. Bye-bye. You just heard Let's Get Rich with Patu, an Offspin original. Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi. And everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on this show. Let me name them quickly. Harsh Di Nisrani, Krishank Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi and Heer Khan. Here, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving put to his gangster look, which is how he looks on a daily basis. Um, and me, Sidhan, your host. Let's Get Rich is available on all audio platforms, wherever you consume your podcast. So spread the word and we'll see you next week. You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money, and are holding it against Pattu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening, you agree that the host, guests, and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes.
0: This is offspring.